0: Welcome to Prime Minister's yeah. questions. Gary yeah. Sambro, yeah. question one, number
1: one, Mr. Speaker. Yeah. Prime Minister!
2: Yeah. Mr. Speaker, this morning I had meetings with ministerial colleagues and others in addition to my duties in the House. I shall have further such meetings later today.
1: Mr Speaker, we need to build more homes on brownfield sites, yeah. but we also need to make sure that the houses that we've got are of a decent standard. Um, in estates across my Birmingham constituency, in, um, in Kings Norton, the free estates, Weedy Castle and Frankly, we need investment to make sure that those estates have decent homes. And so does the Prime Minister agree with me that by improving homes, it will help level up our economy and deliver for working class communities yeah. like mine. Yeah. My honourable
2: friend is spot on, and he'll be hearing more about that in just half an hour's time. But he is quite right that we should be building on brownfield sites and building the beautiful homes that people actually want.
0: Leader of the Opposition, Jeremy Corbyn. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr Speaker, our thoughts are with the loved ones of those who have sadly died after contracting the coronavirus and those that are still suffering from the disease, including the Honourable Member for Mid-Bedfordshire. I want once again to pay tribute to our medical staff working so hard to combat combat the spread of this disease and care for those affected. And I think we should all express our gratitude to the Chief Medical Officer, and the Chief Scientific Advisor have shown exceptional leadership throughout and we will continue to follow their advice. Mr. Speaker, Sunday was uh, International Women's Day, a day when we celebrate the achievements of women around the world, recognises the ad- advances made in working towards a goal of gender equality, and most importantly, reflect on how far we have to go to achieve that. A quarter of social care workers who are overwhelmingly women are on zero-hours contracts, It's essential care workers self-isolate if they experience symptoms of coronavirus, but many may feel they have no choice but to continue working will the Prime Minister finally bring in emergency legislation to guarantee sick pay for zero-hours workers to help contain the spread of the virus? Yeah. Prime Minister.
2: Well, uh, Mr Speaker, I know the whole House will wish to uh, join the Honourable Gentleman, Right Honourable Gentleman, in wishing uh, my Honourable Friend, the Minister for Mental Health, a speedy uh, recovery. And I know, Mr Speaker, that uh, having talked to her, I know that she will make one. Uh, I know, Mr Speaker, you issued a letter to everybody Body across the parliamentary estate. And as you say in your letter, Mr Speaker, we will be guided by Public Health England in our response uh, to this situation. And, and they are also providing guidance to honourable members uh, and, to their, and to, their, to their offices. And uh, As the Right Honourable Gentleman uh, knows, in, in just a few minutes uh, we will be hearing from uh, my Right Honourable Friend, the Chancellor, about what measures we are taking uh, to protect everybody. As he knows, we have already brought forward statutory sick pay from uh, day four to, to day one. But for those who are on all types of contracts, we will ensure that they get the protection that they need and nobody who does the
0: right thing by staying at home is penalised. Jeremy Corbyn. I hope that legislation comes rapidly and it does guarantee that people don't have to make a choice between spreading the virus because they have to go to work or staying at home and self-isolate as obviously they should do if they've got the symptoms. Can the Prime Minister explain why, according to a report by the Institute of Health Equity, <coughs> life expectancy has gone down for the poorest women in our society?
2: Prime Minister. Well, well Mr. Speaker, uh, in overall life expectancy stands at its highest level, but I will not. I, and, uh, level there, is, uh, and, and a higher level, which is and and a tribute to the consistent work of uh, of this government and others. But it is absolutely true that there are too many instances and too many parts of the country country uh, where we are seeing a uh, life expectancy not rise in the way that we would like it. and it is true that there are parts of this country uh, where one in 50 for instance pregnant women uh, are smokers and w- uh, parts of the country where only one in four pregnant women are smokers and what we want to see is a uniting and a leveling up across this whole country That's why putting record sums, £12 billion into public health, Mr Speaker, that's why this is the government, this is the party of the NHS that is now putting record investment into our NHS precisely for that purpose.
0: I don't think the Prime Minister answered my question. And it's no surprise, Mr Speaker, that life expectancy has gone down when 86% of the cuts made by successive Tory governments have landed disproportionately on the shoulders of women. We are one of the richest countries in the world, and it's mind-boggling that life expectancy should be falling in this country. Mr Speaker, for the poorest people, for the poorest people in our society, life expectancy is falling. The government should have an answer to that. Mr Speaker, the Prime Minister supports the... uh, absolutely horrendous rape clause in the child tax credit rules. Why do you think it's right that 200 mothers have to prove to the government their child was conceived as a result of being raped so they can keep their child tax credits? Prime Minister. Uh, Mr Speaker, I wanted to
2: correct a uh, point he's just made uh, earlier. It is, it is, I'm afraid, uh, the case, as, as it has been re- uh, revealed just in the last few days, that mortality is at its lowest level in this country since 2001. And on, 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 on his... Uh, since 2001. And on his uh, point about uh, recipients of uh, benefit, it is obviously uh, that he draws attention to an injustice and uh, we will do everything that we can uh, to rectify it.
0: Jeremy Corbyn. Well, I would hope that means the Prime Minister is going to introduce regulations to end the two-child policy and the benefit strategy, because that is exactly what happens when women who are victims of rape have to prove they've been raped in order to get benefits for their child. Fifty years ago, Mr. Speaker, the Labour Minister, Barbara Castle, introduced the Equal Pay Act. But women are still paid 17% less than men. And under this government, the gender pay gap is estimated to take another 60 years to close. Why hasn't the Prime Minister followed Labour's lead and set a target for closing it by 2030? High Minister. Mr. Speaker, not only are there now record women
2: in employment in this country, but the gender pay gap is at a record low. And it was and it was this and it was this Conservative government that made sure the companies had to report on the gender pay gap, Mr. Speaker.
0: Seventeen percent gap. It is too big, too wide, and should be closed, and the government should do something about it. Mr. Speaker, every fortnight. Three women are killed by their partner or ex-partner. Domestic violence is only likely to increase if large numbers of people are having to self-isolate. Ten years of austerity has denied councils the funding they need to support victims of domestic abuse. Will he commit to the extra £173 needed every year to ensure that survivors get the support they so desperately need? Prime Minister...
2: Uh, Mr Speaker we've just put record funding back into councils to support them in all uh, in all their responsibilities uh, we are committed to uh, when he talks of uh, of domestic abuse we have brought forward we are committed to bringing forward a victims law to guarantee uh, victims rights and uh, this government has an outstanding record of tackling violence against women and girls and that is why we are now taking forward
0: in this parliament our landmark domestic abuse yeah. bill
1: yeah
0: funding, the domestic abuse bill will simply be a piece of paper. There has to be funding to ensure that those who are victims of domestic violence get the support they need in the centres they need that are underfunded by his government. Mr Speaker, the Prime Minister has made repeated offensive remarks against single mothers and their children. Yes, and he described them as ill-raised, ignorant, aggressive and illegitimate. Against Muslim women saying they look like bank robbers. Against working women suggesting the best way of dealing with advice from a female colleague is just to pat her on the bottom and send her on her way. Words have consequences. His offensive words are backed up with offensive and discriminatory policies, from the rape clause to dismantling local services which women, particularly BAME and disabled women, disproportionately rely on. Can the Prime Minister apologise for his offensive comments and ensure that these discriminatory policies are reversed by his government?
2: Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, I'm proud of what this government has done to promote uh, the rights of women. I'm proud that we have a record number of female MPs in our party today. I- I- I'm proud that this is the only party that has produced two female, not one, but two female Prime Ministers. And wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be an extraordinary and amazing thing, Mr Speaker? waiting. Wouldn't it be an amazing thing if that party were to produce a female leader of their own? Don't! Don't hold your breath, Mr Speaker! And I will take no lessons, I will take no lessons in sexism from a party where women, good women, good female MPs are bullied out of their party! Just because they've had the guts to stand up against the climate of anti-Semitism in the Labour Party!
3: The old Paris. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. My right honourable friend, the Prime Minister, I know, is a great champion of the countryside and farming, and the great benefit it has both from producing high animal welfare food and also the amount of carbon that's held in the soil um, through permanent pasture. In our Conservative manifesto, we stated on page 57: in our trade negotiations, we will not compromise our high environmental protection and animal welfare and food standards. Will the Prime Prime Minister, meet with me and other colleagues with rural farming constituencies to discuss how to support farmers and growers in trade deals to provide them with more opportunity to produce even more food and the high animal and environmental
2: welfare. Uh, Mr Speaker, he, my, my honourable friend is absolutely right. We will not compromise on animal welfare. We will not compromise on food uh, standards and Hygiene. I am only too happy to meet him and his fellow farmers to discuss the opportunities
3: ahead. Ian Blackford. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. As the numbers infected by the coronavirus grow, the level of public concern naturally grows with this. Last week, the Prime Minister gave me a firm reassurance that no one would be financially penalised for following health advice. And yet, still, millions of self employed workers have been left in deep uncertainty as to what financial help they will be given if they are forced to stop working. In this House, Mr. Speaker, we are in a privileged position. We will not be financially worse off. Millions of workers are not in that privileged position. They may be forced to rely on Social Security for an extended period because of this virus. So, for the record, can the Prime Minister tell me what the statutory six rate rate in Ireland is compared to his UK government?
0: Uh, Prime Minister. Uh, Mr Speaker,
2: I'm, 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 it is not my duty to comment on the uh, pay rates of other countries, but I can tell you and what I can tell the honourable member, which he, which he, which he knows very well, what he knows knows very well is that we, under this government, have already advanced statutory sick pay from day four uh, to day one. Uh, We will make sure that those on universal credit and other benefits get the help that they need uh, from day one. And uh, my right honourable friend, the Chancellor, if he he can contain his impatience for just a little bit, we'll be telling him more about what we are doing to protect everybody in this society, to make sure that everybody is not penalised for doing the right thing.
3: Well, let me try and help the Prime Minister and perhaps inform him of the detail. In Ireland, in response to the coronavirus, the government has just raised their statutory sick rate to the equivalent of £266 per week. This covers those employed and those in self-employment. In Germany and Austria, it is £287. In Sweden, it is £230. In the Netherlands, £201 and in Spain it's £121. Whereas in the UK, in the UK, Prime Minister, it's a meager £94.25 per week. Kind of Prime Minister, up to 80% of people across the United Kingdom could face infection in the weeks and months ahead. Many of them will be forced to rely on statutory sick pay. If the Prime Minister is truly committed to levelling up, a good place to start must be statutory sick pay. Will he take the opportunity to stand up today and commit to raising the UK payment to the average EU level? Mr. Speaker, as I think most members of the House understand, uh,
2: the UK is distinct from many other countries around the world and certainly in the EU. And we have a universal free health system uh, free, at the point of, uh, free at the point of delivery. We have an extensive, we have an extensive benefit system uh, free for uh, people across this country. And, our, and indeed, our health system is very well managed, very well prepared for this uh, epidemic. And I, I'm, I congratulate everybody in the NHS responsible for making the preparations that they have.
1: Thank you, Mr Speaker. Last week I had the pleasure of visiting Burnley Hospital to see a demonstration of an advanced surgical robot which represents a leap
2: forward in the health provision in my constituency. Does the Prime Minister agree with me that technological advances in the NHS is paramount to providing the best level of patient care and will he agree to work with me to keep Burnley at the cutting edge of those health revolutions? Uh, yes, uh, Mr Speaker, and that's why my Right Honourable Friend, the Health Secretary uh, and I, determined to advance uh, robot technology, AI, in the NHS. We've put in another £200 million and, in his own area, the NHS East Lancashire is receiving over uh, £500 million more, a cash increase of nearly 5 On last year.
0: Alex Davies Jones.
1: Mr. Speaker, a month ago I asked the Prime Minister about his plans to tackle the crisis in recruiting overseas consultants to work in our overstretched NHS. The Prime Minister dodges the truth, claiming it's devolved when visas are clearly an immigration issue for his UK Home Office. So, second time lucky, can the Prime Minister today confirm exactly what steps he's taking to ensure that overseas consultants will apply for NHS visas to work in all of our hospitals? Prime Minister.
2: Uh, yes, Mr. Speaker. I maybe I can't remember what I said to this to her last time, but that's why we've introduced a fast track uh, NHS visa.
0: Yes. Uh, Dr. Uh,
2: Julian
3: Lewis Question seven, Mr. Speaker, on war widows.
2: Uh, Mr Speaker, my right honourable friend has made this point to me in person. I have heard from the the war widows themselves about their own concerns. The Ministry of Defence is looking at what can be done to provide meaningful support to those who have lost their loved ones.
3: Julian Lewis. Given that the previous Defence Secretary sought and was refused permission from the Treasury to help the estimated... 265 war widows whose pensions were cancelled when they remarried and can be permanently restored only by their going through a divorce and remarriage to their second husbands, will the Prime Minister personally meet Moira Kane? And Mary Morland of the War Widows Association finally to put an end to this deplorable and dishonourable situation.
2: Mr Speaker, uh, the MOD is looking at this very problem and I, I'm conscious of the issue uh, that, he, that he raises. It's been raised uh, with me. I've asked my right honourable friend the Secretary of State for defence to meet the chairman of the War Widows Association uh, to discuss further what we can do.
1: Mr Speaker, last week, Emmy Award-winning actor and musician Riz Ahmed released a hard-hitting new album the H- the, and a the short film, the long goodbye, which powerfully expresses the heartbreak of many British minorities are feeling unwanted in Britain, where hate crime is rising and hate speech infects public life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are also the concerns of Muslims in my constituency. I urge members of the House to listen to it and watch it. So, could the Prime Minister? and for once, without hiding behind the robes of his Muslim ancestors—yes, we all know he has (laughs) them—or clinging to the fig leaf that his ex-Chancellor presence in the Cabinet provided him, or resorting resorting to the potentially divisive tit-for-tat deflection of a very serious issue, which is anti-Semitism, 300 complaints of Islamophobia within his party. Can he simply assure me what he is doing? Order. Order. Prime Minister.
2: Well, Mr. Speaker, I can reassure her there's absolutely no absolutely no room for hatred or racism in this party, in our Conservative Party, and I wish I could say the same of her own party.
3: Congratulate
1: my right honourable friend on the news that he and Carrie are expecting their first child. All parents want the best start in life for their children. With the UK lagging behind the rest of the world in the number of diseases that we test, genetic tests, we only, we only test for nine genetic conditions in this country, do you agree with me and will you support my campaign calling for a review of the newborn baby a screening
2: programme. The Minister, uh, Mr. Speaker, uh, she made raises a very important point. I'm glad that starting this year, screening for babies with severe combined immunodeficiency will be evaluated for inclusion in, in screening. Uh, but my right hon. friend, the Health Secretary, says he's more than willing uh, to to meet her to discuss further what screening or how screening could be improved.
0: Paul the yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And further to the questions posed by my right old friend, leader of the SNP irrespective of what other countries are doing, policy in this country is his responsibility. So what is he going to do to help the self-employed in this coronavirus crisis? Yeah. Prime Minister. I, I'm grateful to the, to the honourable gentleman, and what we are going to do, uh, obviously, is to ensure that nobody is penalised for, for doing uh, the right thing. Everybody has access to the benefits and the support that they need, and uh, if he will contain himself, uh, Mr Speaker, uh, my right honourable friend, the Chancellor, will be setting out more in just a minute.
0: Yeah. Jay Hunt.
1: Will the Prime Minister join with me in congratulating the mighty
3: Loughborough swim team for their five gold medal haul at the McCullough International Open Meet last month? The swimmers involved were Luke Greenbank, James Wilby, Abby Wood. Max Litchfield and Molly Renshaw, surely the very epicentre of sporting excellence in London. I I
2: have, having worked with Loughborough uh, University on the Olympics, on their fantastic site in, in East London, I know their formidable global reputation. I have no hesitation in congratulating Loughborough swimming team on her behalf.
0: Thank you, Mr. Speaker.
2: Can the Prime Minister explain to me why he is so singularly unpopular in Scotland? He's lost half the Scottish MPs. Support for independence is at an all-time high. Is it because he thinks he can say no to a nation? Or is it because the blustering buffoonery just jars with the Scottish people? M- Mr. Speaker, I notice that support for uh, breaking up the union is actually declining uh, in Scotland, uh, and maybe that's because they have a Scottish nationalist party in charge that has the highest taxes anywhere in the United Kingdom, that is failing Scottish children in their schools, and that is that not running the Scottish health service in the way that it should. And, 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 and maybe his bluff and bluster is is covering up for the ab- abject failures of the Scottish nationalist. Mr Speaker, the Scottish Nationalists should stick to the
0: day
1: job.
0: As the country that brought railways to the world, what plans does my right honourable friend have to celebrate their 200th anniversary in 2025, and does he stand with the people of Darlington to prevent the removal of locomotion number one, the world's first passenger steam engine from Darlington, where she has resided for over 160
2: years? Well, Mr. Speaker, I congratulate uh, my honourable friend and the people of Darlington, the historic role they've played in our railway history and heritage. And uh, I will do what I can uh, to support his campaign to prevent Darlington from being despoiled of that uh, iconic, uh, iconic uh, locomotive number one.
0: Rachel Hopkins. Thank
1: you, Mr. Speaker. The week before Christmas, Luton Food Bank issued 339 food parcels, of which 124 were specifically for children. Child poverty in Luton has risen to a shameful 46%. So while Luton's unemployment rate may be going down, more people are in low-paid, insecure jobs. Would the Prime Minister agree with me that it is wholly unacceptable that families are in work but children are growing up in poverty? And will he commit to ending poverty pay? Prime
2: Minister Mr Speaker, not only are we cutting national insurance contributions for everybody, uh, whatever their pay but of course we are also lifting up the national living wage by the biggest ever increase which will benefit people across this country to the tune of £4,000 a year This is a one-nation government looking first at the needs of the poorest families in this country Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: Friend from Norfolk makes the case for Birmingham, but in the West
1: Midlands, over 31,000 new homes have been built since Andy Street became our mess. Smashing his own target of 25,000 new homes,
0: the vast majority have been built on derelict brownfield sites. Will the Prime Minister support me to ensure we keep the focus on the regeneration and remediation of brownfield sites? Yes,
2: I congratulate uh, Andy Street on what he is doing, his fantastic record of home. It is always the Conservatives who build the homes, uh, Mr Speaker, and you. And, and uh, this House will be hearing more in just a, a few minutes about what we intend to do to give everybody in this country, every young person in this country, the chance to own their own home.
3: Alan Dorrance.
2: Thank you, Mr
1: Speaker. In this current financial year, this Government has redistributed Funding meant for veterans' charities. This has resulted in severely reduced services by Combat Stress, Mm. a renowned mental health charity serving veterans suffering from post-traumatic stress
2: disorder. It has also meant a reduction of 24 to 10 beds in our residential unit in my constituency, and the loss of 50 jobs. Will the Prime Minister show his support for veterans' mental health today by initiating an urgent review of this redistribution of this critical funding to stop those lives changing and often life-saving services being lost. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the Honourable Gentleman is absolutely right to raise the issue of veterans and their needs and that is why this Government appointed a Minister for Veterans and a Veterans Task Force, a special unit in the, in the Cabinet Office. And uh, He will be hearing a little bit more in just a few minutes about what further steps we intend to take uh, to protect uh, and promote the rights of veterans.
0: Jack Perlton. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Would my right honourable friend agree with me that this this budget today is a historic moment to level up our economy and ensure that everyone has the opportunity to succeed, especially in Stoke-on-Trent?
2: Mr Speaker, Stoke-on-Trent is the crucible uh, in which the the future of this country is going to be forged, as it has been uh, in the past, and it could not have a more doughty or more valiant advocate. And I agree entirely with what he said.
0: It's vital that the funds announced this morning uh, are distributed effectively to the businesses and self-employed people affected by coronavirus but the banks must fulfil their responsibilities as well. Uh, Businesses are telling me that some banks are shoring up their balance sheets at the expense of their business customers and their workforce. So will the Prime Minister make sure that banks which were bailed out by the taxpayer now play their part in supporting businesses and their workers in their hour of need?
3: Prime
1: Minister.
2: Uh, well, the Honourable Gentleman raises an, an important point and uh, he'll have seen what the Government of the Bank of England has done to the cost of borrowing overall uh, today. But my Right Honourable Friend, the Chancellor, will indeed uh, be meeting the banks uh, continuously to ensure that they look after the interests of all our people.
1: Hey, Johns. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Rural areas like my constituency of Bracken and Radishire are at the bottom of the pile when it comes to broadband connectivity and mobile phone signal. Can my Right Honourable Friend confirm that this Government's £1 billion deal with mobile phone providers will boost 4G right across the country, especially mid-Wales? Prime Minister?
2: Uh, uh, Yes, indeed, Mr Speaker. she'll hear something to our advantage in just a few minutes? Bill Gray. Thank you, Mr Speaker. This morning, a range of expert mental health organisations, including the Royal College of Psychiatrists, Mind and Rethink Mental Health, have called for an urgent inquiry into avoidable deaths linked to failures in the UK social security system. A family in my constituency lost their father and husband to suicide uh, as uh, in these similar circumstances and they, like too many others, want answers. So when will the Prime Minister instruct such an inquiry to listen to those families and the experts in this case? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, Mr Speaker, there are indeed some very hard cases and some very tragic uh, outcomes, and I know that my Right Honourable Friend, the Secretary of State for uh, Work and Pensions, uh, is indeed uh, looking at that and very, very happy to work with the Honourable Gentleman to make sure that such tragic cases, uh, the family's needs, are met. I will. Mr Speaker. Um, according to The Economist, over the past five years, salaries in Dudley have uh, risen faster than anywhere else yeah. in the country. Yeah. As part of his levelling up agenda, will the Prime Minister work with Andy Street to ensure that the West Midlands continues to get the investment in skills and infrastructure it needs to power the Midland engine? Yeah.
0: Prime Minister. Mr
2: Speaker, I don't think I I can be uh, accused of anticipating the budget excessively uh, when I say that there is about to be an infrastructure revolution uh, in this country, uh, which will help to benefit, uh, amongst other things, uh, the West Midlands and Dudley in particular.
0: Sarah Sultana.
3: Like the honourable member before me, statutory sick pay in the UK is amongst the lowest in Europe. It's less than £95 a week. If the Prime Minister doesn't think he can live on it, he shouldn't expect our constituents to live on it too. So I urge him, act before it's too late, and introduce decent sick pay for every worker in Britain.
0: Prime Minister.
2: Uh, Mr Speaker, I've, I've, I've answered uh, the, the Right Honourable Gentleman earlier on. Uh, we will do everything we can to ensure that people get protected throughout this outbreak and nobody is penalised for doing the right thing. Does
1: my Right Honourable Friend, the Prime Minister, agree with me that the Great South West offers a fantastic opportunity to become the first region to not just become net zero but net negative. And can he assure me that this will be a top priority in the levelling up agenda?
0: Uh,
2: Mr. Speaker, there are over 400,000 jobs already in the low-carbon economy in this country, and the Great South West is going to play a leading role in the Green Revolution of the future. Mr. Carmichael the Shetland Space Centre, a limited company in my constituency, is working in partnership with Lockheed Martin to build a sustainable space economy in Shetland. Can the Prime Minister give me some assurance that the very welcome government support for the space industry will be allowed to follow what is the best commercial and technical options and that companies like Lockheed Martin are the people best place to make these judgments?
0: Prime Minister uh,
2: uh, Mr. Speaker, we will, of course be guided by uh, the best scientific judgments in all these things, but I can certainly confirm it is our. Uh, our firm determination to have a uh, second spaceport uh, in Scotland, and uh, we're looking for candidates to send into orbit, uh, Mr. Speaker.
0: Carter <laughs>
2: Thank you Mr. Speaker, today is the 15th annual day in memory of victims of terrorism across Europe. Next week, in my constituency of Warrington South, we'll commemorate the 27th anniversary of the IRA terrorist attack in my town, which killed two children. Over the last quarter of a century, the Peace Foundation, based in Warrington, has worked tirelessly to provide the National Support Service for victims of terrorism in Great Britain. Will the Prime Minister join with me in commending their work and in agreeing to ensure their funding continues? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I certainly commend the work of all those who are working on the Warrington uh, Peace uh, Centre, and we will do everything we can to ensure that funding continues.
0: Sir I associate my
2: party with the good wishes for the honourable member for Mid Bedfordshire, and indeed anyone who is contracted coronavirus. And on coronavirus, can I welcome the fact the government is listening to experts? But, Mr. Speaker, given the NHS has to face the coronavirus challenge with a record shortage of nurses and the care sector with over 120,000 vacancies, does the Prime Minister not agree that the three Conservative governments since 2015 should have fixed the roof when the sun was shining? Well, Mr Speaker, I seem to to think that he was in that government, Uh, but uh, uh, leaving that that point on one side, uh, there are now actually a record number of doctors and nurses in our fantastic NHS. There are 8,700 more nurses this year than last year, and we are recruiting another 50,000 more, and you will be hearing more about what we're doing to support the NHS in just a minute.